What is up, everybody? Welcome inside Studio 34. This is Doc Jock. He is Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sussman. Doc, what's happening? A lot of medical stuff, and and it, it looks like of the fame quarterback class that by next week it'll only be Philip Rivers standing. Only potentially, only Philip Rivers standing. The last one standing in the NFL. Week two is almost in the books. Of course, taping this on a Monday evening, Cleveland and New York still to play from MetLife Stadium in just a few hours. I'm going to go out there. I went to the Giant game yesterday. Going to go see the Jets tonight. Yeah, nice. Um, Odell, this is a game that. I thought was going to have so much buzz. So much oomph. And, and it seemed like with all of the buzz has gone out with Donald's mononucleosis and just a whole series of calamities uh, you know, that have, have besieged the Jets, Quentin Williams not playing. And you know, I'm actually surprised, although it's a relatively high line for a Cleveland team that got blown out in the first game of the season, that it's six and a half, you know, I, I, I'm, I thought it was going to move up when we saw that CJ Mosley wasn't going to play and Quentin Williams isn't going to play as well. Um, but I guess, you know, neither Cleveland was imp- Cleveland wasn't impressive in the first week uh, of the season. No, Cleveland was not. Cleveland got upset and really got destroyed by the Tennessee Titans. But let me start with Sam Darnold. You're going to the game tonight, back-to-back games, not met life for you. Sam Darnold at, what, 22 years old, 23, whatever he is, mono. Now, I, I know a lot of athletes aren't exactly faithful here, and that's fine, but I've never heard of these guys go getting mono. Well, that, Sam that, getting that, mono? That, that's not true. It happens across college campuses all the time. And mono is a catch-all diagnosis for a series of viruses. And okay. it, 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 it's interesting. I, I've listened to a lot of medical opinions that you know, uh, uh, are virtually you know, somewhat right, but the bottom line is viral illnesses are very unpredictable, and this could be a year-long injury or it could be three to four weeks. It's just it's as variant as as there are very very severe forms of mono that could be disastrous for a football player. It's actually one of the causes of a spontaneous like we're more familiar in in sports with traumatic splenic injuries like Chris Sims which the, I'm sure the Jets are very aware of because Chris Sims, Phil Sims' son, actually had a splenic injury when he played at right. the Meadowlands and required an emergent splenectomy, which is, you know, I remember when I was in college at uh, University of Pennsylvania, a Penn player having the same thing, uh, a traumatic injury. Now, what happens with mono is sometimes you can get splenic enlargement, but you don't always get splenic enlargement. And viral illnesses can be very, very, very variable so really no one can truly comment about it. But it's, it's a very common thing. I don't think it has to do with, you know, being wild or anything like that. I, I think that what happens is as you get older, you're more likely to develop antibodies to Epstein-Barr and CMV, which are the two le- leading causes of mono. And then it only becomes pertinent if you're immu- immunosuppressed, like if you're going to be getting a transplant and C- CMV positive versus CMV negative. Um, most of these t- things are self-limited, but it, it's nothing that you can really speed up the process and you just hope that he has um, a milder virus that can correct. But, it, it, you know, for example, I, I frequently talk about my friend Fran McCaffrey, his son Connor missed his whole freshman college basketball season. At first they thought it was tonsillitis. It wound up, yes, he did have a mild strep throat, but he had mono underneath that. And that cost him his whole freshman year of college basketball. So you're saying that those that think that Darnold definitely back in the next few weeks, not guaranteed. It, it's variable. I, I, I wouldn't say yes. I wouldn't say no. It, it, it's like there's the flu and there's the flu. You know, you've had right. the flu have- where, 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 you know, you've gotten better in five. Now, he's not going to be better in five days. But th- there are people that that can lose 20, 30 pounds and, and, and really have malaise and have chronic fatigue. You hope that Donnell doesn't have that. Then there are other people, two to three weeks later, they're feeling better. You know, he can go back and, and he's eating well and he has his strength and he doesn't get an enlarged spleen. If he gets an enlarged spleen from this, he's out for the year. Yeah, the spleen would certainly knock him out for the for the year. We saw at least Chris, we saw Chris Sims, as you mentioned, 
uh, at MetLife as well. Let me go to the other New York team, the one that you watched last uh, yesterday, I should say, at MetLife, seeing the New York Giants who got demolished by the Buffalo Bills. And as you were just telling me before the show started, the Bills wanted to, they could have won by 40 points yesterday. It was not nearly as close as the score indicated. And while it wasn't all Eli Manning's fault by, by any means, uh, this roster is simply not good enough. The defense is pathetically bad. The wide receiving core is pathetically bad. And, and Eli Manning, who needs help to be successful, doesn't have any help outside of Saquon Barkley. Where is Dave Gettleman? Sleeping. Where is, you know, the, the mouth that roars? This is an open invitation from Giant fans. Um, I said this last year. The Giants gave us two incredible Super Bowls, yeah. but neither time, and, and I, I don't want to take anything away from those teams because they were the best team in those playoffs. But for the entire year, they were certainly not juggernauts like the Giants' 86 team or the Bears' 85 team or the Miami Dolphins or even the New England Patriots that they built, beat. They were not considered the best team in the league during the majority of the season. Give them all the credit in the world. Six of the last seven years, they, they've basically lost their first two games. I can't remember them winning a game in September. Try to remember a date that they won a game in September. When are people going to start looking at the Maras instead of blaming? I think they're there, Doc. They're looking at the Maras. They're looking at Gettleman. They're looking at, like, what is I mean, Gettleman was doing? the worst hire ever. ever. I, he, he is... He is, Summer. A, he is more offensive than Phil Jackson, which is pretty high. At least Phil They're Jackson... They're similar. They're similar. At least Phil Jackson, you know, was Action Jackson on the Knicks and Red Holtzman put him in games to make for the deliberate foul. Do you, do you remember when there was one shot? I, I'm dating myself now. Sure. Okay. Do Phil you, Jackson never played in the NBA when I was alive. So. Okay. But not only did Phil Jackson play in the NBA, Phil Jackson had the longest arms in the wor- world. Phil Jackson didn't play on the Knicks 69-70 team that won the championship. He was out that entire year with a back injury. Red Holtzman used to love him to do two things. They used to bring him in because with his long arms to guard the inbound pass right. and to deliberately foul. Because back in those days, they had the one-shot foul. So if you were behind, forget about one and one. There was a one-shot foul if you weren't in the penalty, so you would get the ball back. Could you imagine the analytics on that? Oh, my God. It would change everything. Okay. It, 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 you, did you ever know there was a one-shot foul? There was no three-point no, line. Never. Anywhere. It was a one-shot. Never. One-shot foul. But he is, Gettleman is a worst general manager. He is the absolute worst, and he is so egotistical. And what I will tell everybody is, and I'm not trying to, we can go into another tangent on this, but both the Giants and the Steelers thought by getting rid of their divas, it was going to be addition for That's right. subtraction. That's right. They're now 0-4 between the two of them. So if, if anything... So you're saying you should go out and acquire Antonio Brown. <laughs> you know what? Listen, before all the stuff came out now um, about all of these charges, if, if I was the Giants, I would have. I mean, they stink. You got to do something. You know, this is a football. You know, we're not, we're not trying to teach, you know, after-school morals to people. They have absolutely no talent. I don't know what Gettleman is thinking taking a 350-pound lineman as a run stuffer rather and having absolutely no pass, pass rush. I hope Daniel Jones is the real deal. If not... He has screwed the pooch to a degree that no one has ever seen the, screw, the pooch screwed. Absolutely. Dave, Get- Dave Gettleman is relying on Daniel Jones. And almost as a Giants fan, I don't even want Daniel Jones to have a good rookie year because it just proves Gettleman go like this. If Daniel Jones is brutal, I'm, I'm not rooting for that. I, I don't know where I'm rooting. He seems like a nice kid. He is. He but, is. But, but you I know, don't want he, Dave Gettleman to be successful. But he, he, th- he seems to have put... The way Gettleman has played this, he's got to be better than Josh Allen. He's got to be better or at least as good as Donald. He's got to be better than Haskins. And he, he's put an incredible amount of, of pressure on this kid. And again, because 
the way it was at the draft, we will never know if anybody between 6 and 17 liked Daniel Jones. We will never really know the truth about that. We will know what Daniel Jones' resume is someday. But right now, if Josh Allen, not the quarterback, has a Hall of Fame career, right. that was sitting there right there with the Giants. Any logical, anybody else but Gettleman takes Josh Allen, and if they love the quarterback, they do what the Steelers do, okay, and they jump up with that second-round pick, and then I guess they don't have DeAndre Baker, which may not have been that big a deal. Great. And you're sitting with, instead of sitting with, you're sitting there with Josh Allen and the quarterback you love, okay, which I think makes everybody feel a lot better. For some reason, he thinks that quantity is worth more than quality. And I don't understand it. I, I, I really, really don't. That this idea that, oh, you've never seen a Super Bowl team win with bad eggs in the locker room. That's not true, obviously, at all. And you can be the nicest guys in the world. But if you don't have enough talent, you're not going to win. The New York Giants have proven, at least through the first two weeks of the season, they don't have nearly enough talent. They, who is an above-average player on their defense besides Jenkins? They don't have one, Doc. Not a single above one. above average. They don't have one. Not okay. one. Okay. Besides Barkley, you know, it, it's it's so funny. I, I listened to the Nationals and and they were they were on Flacco. They were really hammering Flacco. And I'm like thinking, I, I thought Flacco looked a lot better than Eli Manning. I think that Eli Manning is so low on the curb that they don't even want to waste their breath on it anymore. Probably not. It, it, who, who would he start for? Would he start for the Steelers right now? I, would think, I think that they'd rather go with Mason, Mason Rudolph and see what happens. Would, they start, would he start for the Jaguars right now? I think they'd go. With, but I, I, I could see the, God, the Jaguars or the Steelers going out and giving you a fifth-round pick and using him in a, I wouldn't call it a backup role. You put the kid out there if he's doing fine. Then you put Manning in. If he catches lightning in the bottle, you're starting him in, in, in the next year. Um, I think both of those p- things are reasonable destinations at the, at the present time. Um, and I think that if Manning looks in the mirror, he should want to go. I totally agree, unless he is fine sitting on the sidelines here. I mean, I just think that if, if I, I told you that I thought it was going to be the second, quarter, second half of the Buffalo game because I knew they were going to lose in Dallas, I, I, I think that I didn't expect the defense to be so pathetic, which took the pressure off Manning. But the Buffalo game was exactly what I expected, and if Sherma had any freedom— you know, Shermer is like a bad hospital administrator as a coach. You know, he just, you know, whatever they tell him to do, he does. He, he is absolutely, I, I don't know what he was watching, and he got away with it. But after Buffalo walked down the field three times, they get the ball with a minute 40 at their own 35-yard lines, and he's calling timeouts like we have a pass rush, like he wants our defense on right. the field. When they said timeout New York... I like looked at my, my son and my friend Rich Gladstone and go, what is going on here? And then he called another timeout. I said, doesn't he realize that Buffalo gets the ball first, that this could have been a 35-7 to seven game party over? And then what happens is, miracle of miracles, the Giants' defense holds. They get a great punt return. Next thing you know, interception. Interception. It's like you can't make it up. Would you have called those timeouts after you watched them? They just went 108 yards on a drive. They started at the two. They had a holding penalty. They went 108 yards for the last touchdown. And the Giants didn't even stop him. It was two-hand touch. It would have just gotten off the field at that point, Doc. Just get off the field and get home. That's a case where it works out, but it's the wrong decision because you 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 just try to go in at halftime and say we'll make some adjustments we'll figure it out you know we'll take a deep breath and and do do so but you know and and I think again McDermott just doesn't have confidence yet in Josh Allen to 
basically just let him go. No. And that's fine. And and he just wanted to make sure that he won the game. Which, obviously, they did. We mentioned Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is out for the season with that elbow injury. Drew Brees out for a while with a thumb At injury. At least six, six weeks with a ligament. And, I mean, the thumb is the most critical thing. It, it means, and, and, and ligaments don't have the best blood supply. Um PT, I mean, I think you're looking at a minimum of six weeks. I wouldn't be surprised. That's, that's that today thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on IR and you're looking Thanksgiving. You're looking, so they have a week nine by. Is week 10 possible? That's eight weeks. I think it's going to be closer to 12. Okay. If I had to guess. What, is, what do you expect to see from Teddy Bridgewater as a new starting quarterback? I mean, the, the last time I saw Teddy Bridgewater play a meaningful game was with Minnesota, and that was four years ago. Sure. Um, I, he was... So it's so interesting when you go back. I mean, does he get better like wine and, and, and more valuable? Uh, people were saying that that was the Blake Bortles, Derek Carr draft, and people were saying Derek Carr was a going into last season. Three years ago, people said that Derek Carr was an MVP candidate. Last year, sure. he was the buzz pick, or was it two years? I, I, I think it was two years ago. Yeah, it was. Two years ago, the year before Gruden, he was the hot, oh yeah, the hot quarterback. Now, you know, he's considered scrappy, and he's been considered the best quarterback in that draft. That mm-hmm. was the Blake Bortles, Teddy Bridgewater, and then then Derek uh, Carr. Um, Teddy Bridgewater stock fell when he was the Louisville quarterback. A lot of people said it was because his hands were too small. Um, I thought he played. Well, for Minnesota, I didn't think he was a house on fire, but I think Peyton's a really, I don't think he's a, a, a great game coach. It seems like the Saint, in the last few minutes, the Saints have had a lot of long drives, the Lattimore, the miracle in Minnesota, but I think he's a great preparation game planning coach, you know, perhaps the second best in football, uh, maybe probably third behind Andy Reid. So I think that, 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 Peyton will put him in a good situation. And, and don't forget about Tyson Hill. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill's going to play a role. He's going to be interesting. He's going to have a role uh, in the offense. It's going to be very interesting. And that's what I give coaches credit for. Like, the, the people who always play say the common thing. They say, well, how can you take Drew Brees off the field in short yardage? Well, because this gives them, makes them defend an extra player. And... This is what I, I think that the Shermers who are just sheep and followers never get. They, they, they can never be creative. For example, I agree that Landon Collins is not a true safety. But as a hybrid linebacker in today's NFL, he has a role. I watched Gabriel Peppers basically got annihilated. Anybody who blocked him, it, it was just like he wound up yards back in the end zone um there are creative ways to use personnel and and it seems like belichick figures it out peyton figures it out and some of these other guys are just regimented i totally agree with that they are just stuck doing what they do and it doesn't work for someone that is a smarter coach you figure it out, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, uh, Sean Payton. So I'm going to ask you a question. Your, de- your, your decision. I'm watching that game. I'm watching my team flat. Now, I got my, the kid who gave everybody some buzz. I'm sitting at home. It's 21-7. For the Gi- you go back to the Giants now? Back to the Giants. How do you not put Jones in that game in the second half? What the and hell so I can you tell watching? you one person who was at the stadium texting me about this. Okay, I mean, because I'm playing to win. If you're going to call timeouts, and you actually thought that you, you, know, you could see they weren't going to give Manning a big play, okay, you could see they had him defense. You know, they knew exactly what you were going to do. How don't you change that up? And you know what? I was listening to his interview. Oh, we were right back in that game. No, you weren't. They just wanted to shorten the clock, okay? If you want to say that to the media, you know, say it, but... They were, you were not. And if you think you were, I, 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 I seriously doubt you've been a coordinator for all the years that you were. Totally with you. 
Totally, totally with you. I think it's remarkable how the New York Giants will spin this. And I, and I was talking to friends yesterday, and they said, you know, how does, what is the conversation going to be at the end of the year if and when this team goes potentially 2-14, and 3-13? and, 13? Well, well, this and I'll tell you what it is. It's well, if you see progress from Daniel Jones, they'll fire James Betcher, and Dave Gettleman will make excuse after excuse after excuse and somehow save his job. Well, first of all, you know, at least Miami's tanking for Tua. Sure. Okay. It's a plan. So, and, and has collected a ton of draft picks on top of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That maybe they'll take like a 350-pound defensive tackle with. Why not? Um, by the way, the Beckham deal, and, 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 and like I said, I don't think, you know, I took the over, under, I said in the next few years, I thought Beckham would get hurt. You know, the Giants have gotten a lot of nothing for Beckham. Um, I don't see Peppers being a, 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 a game-changing player. Dexter Lawrence is going, going to be, you know, your career mid-lineman mid that drifts around. You know, you sign a few, you get a few, but, but not, not a, a difference maker. And, um, you know, that, that's what they got from him, unless I'm missing something. You got nothing. You got nothing, Doc. You're not missing anything. You got Nothing. So oh, it, it, it's in tonight. It, it, tonight. And what do you think happens tonight? By the way, does Cleveland? We we find out a lot about Cleveland because I think tonight either Cleveland could tattoo him forty five seven. Yeah, I think if Cleveland's any good, they win this game forty five seven. They should. They should. Greg Williams is out for blood. That guy's out for blood, Doc. We'll see. Well, I mean, if, if this game is close, Cleveland is not going to have a big year. And, 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 and by the way, everything is broken right in that division because Pittsburgh's not nearly as good as, as, any, of us thought, as any of us thought they were. They're 0-2. Baltimore is 2-0, but I don't think anybody thinks they're a juggernaut. And Cincinnati got blown out at home by San Francisco. So it's wide open there for Cleveland. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cleveland certainly has a shot. We'll see what Baker Mayfield and company can do uh, later on tonight. Well, let's continue on with week two, get some other takeaways. I think Indianapolis has really bounced back nicely from Andrew Luck retiring. Well, they should be 2-0 right now. They should be 2-0. Did Vinatieri announce anything today? I didn't see anything. that he was. I, yeah. I knew what he could have announced. I haven't seen anything. Well, again, their GM has done a great job collecting pieces. Oh, excellent job by Chris Ballard. And, and Luck is a truly special player, but, and, and he really came on as the season moved along, but so did that whole team last year, and, and I think he's an excellent coach. I think Frank Reich really gets it. I think Frank Reich's great. The Doug Peterson tree. It's that Maryland education. It must be. Maybe, maybe Boomer Esiason should become the head coach of the New York football giants. I think he's making enough money doing what he's doing. I think, Boomer, I think Boomer's all right. I don't think you want Randy Etzel, though. No. <laughs> I do not want them to hire Randy Etzel. Speaking of Maryland, that was easy to see coming. Yeah, well, that was so easy to see You, you know, they play a great, great game, and, 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 then, and then that's it. Dud, yeah. And then an absolute dud. And, and you know, it, 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 it's amazing in college football to have the difference. You, you, we, we always thought that everybody being on television would narrow the playing field. And to a lot of extent, it has. Mm-hmm. It's made a bigger clump. But the difference, the top difference between Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and maybe I'll throw in Georgia and LSU, and the rest, it's a big yeah. difference. It, 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 it's, a, it's a big difference. It's like you, you kind of know that the national champion I, I just named. It, it, I, you know, I'll give you, it, it, I'll give you the rest of the country in, in, in whatever odds you want between those teams. Yeah, I still want those teams. I don't want, I don't Is want there anybody teams. I left out that you could give a fighting chance? Give it to me one more time. So you have, in the SEC, really, Georgia and obviously Alabama, Alabama right. and potentially LSU has, when you look at the number one picks, then you have Clemson, then you have Ohio State, and then you have Oklahoma. That's it. And Michigan's been bad. <laughs> Michigan's been bad. People like Utah. People like Utah. Pac-12's got a lot of teams in there that are in the mix. 
are they in the mix for the Pac-12 or are they in the mix? I mean, every time a Pac-12 team goes to goes nowhere, they they get they you know the game's over by halftime. You can't make the line high enough. It's like it's like the Patriot game yesterday. You couldn't make the line high enough. No, you couldn't have. And now they made it even higher for next week as Dallas is going to host Miami next week. Twenty-one and a half point favorites of the Dallas Cowboys. And Dallas will cover. You think they will? So many points. I mean, Dallas will cover. I. I there's a lot of badness going on in Miami, um, and, and and this is what why I, I, I felt what I did did is Flores has already lost the locker room down there. Those guys do not want to be there. When they made those trades to Tunnicell, to Houston, et cetera, those guys don't want to be there, and that's a dangerous way to play football. Um, it's one thing in basketball, but I've really never seen it in football this early in the season. And, 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 and that's why the Giants don't – they're the last holdouts out. Mara and Gettleman and Sherma. I, you know, again, I think Sherma is just your hospital administrator taking orders and, and, a, and a yes man. And, and you know, Sherma should realize that this is going to be his last head coaching spot. And, you know, if he loses, he should lose his own way. Mm-hmm. He, he, he should go home tonight, look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm going to be the king of my own destiny – I, I, I may not have the best Trojan horses in the world, but you know what? I'm going to coach him my way and screw you. And, put, you know, and, and that, that would be my attitude right now, mm-hmm. and I'd walk into that room. Because there's no one in that room that believes that Eli Manning can extend a play that gives him a chance to win. Correct. Not a single one. So the, and, and, and I may be delusional to, to think this, but maybe there's some energy that goes into that room when somebody sees a giant quarterback do what every other quarterback in yep. the league can now do. Yeah. Okay? The, the only quarterbacks in the league, if you look at it, that don't have – first of all, Drew Brees is very nimble and, 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 and has some escapability. But both him and Brady are tremendously precise. Even Flacco is more precise than Eli. Eli, I don't even, you know, I watched Eli for 16 years. I don't even know what he is. He, he, he's not precise for somebody who just stays in the pocket. Mm-hmm. He's not a true gunslinger like Brett Favre. He is kind of an amalgamation that picked the right time and used to be, you know, the best thing about him is he used to be able to make big plays in the, t- at the end of games. And in the playoffs, he's lost the ability last year to make the big plays at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But when you actually watched him for four quarters, what really was he? And I'm a fan. Yeah. He was underwhelming. How's that? Not a good word for it? But he's not. You see, everybody wants to make him this grizzled vet like right. Brady. Like yes. Brady-esque. Uh-huh. He's never been that. No. Okay. Not even his best years. He's never been a precise thrower or a quick reader of the ball. He always had a little bit of fall of holding the ball and mm-hmm. taking, taking the high-risk play. He just does ha- – he, 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 you know, that's the other thing. They, they've surrounded him with Smurf receivers too. You know, sure. Eli Manning was at his best when he threw to big people like Plaxico Burris and Amani Tuma that got some degree of separation and he heaved the ball down the field. Ever since they hired McAdoo, they keep on trying to run slants. Eli doesn't throw that well. That's not his game. So they're a hodgepodge of nonsense. And, you know, I'm not exactly sure what they are. But the point is, Sherman's going to lose the locker room, you know, and, and that's what's happened in Miami. Ryan Flores... Through two weeks, and really not even Brian Flores' fault. He didn't put these players together. They don't have enough talent, much like the Giants. They just don't have enough talent. They don't have talent, but there's also Bedlam down there. You know, he hired, fired his offensive coordinator before they played an exhibition game. Right. It was their, no, their offensive coordinator, their offensive line coach. I thought it was a coordinator. but I don't, I don't think it was their coordinator. I think special teams coordinator. It was something. It was not offensive defense. I mean, there was, there was craziness down there from the start. You know, there's, 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 there's craziness down there from the start. I mean, Adam Gase has to be glad until, like, I guess his quarterback got mono yep. that he was out of there. Um, and 
you know, again, that's another interesting situation. What happens with the Jets tonight? You know, is Adam Gase uh, on a one-year thing, or do you basically have to, Quincy Anuma, I can't pronounce it, Quincy, you know, is basically gone. He's never playing again with a neck injury. No, I don't think so. He, I don't think Quincy he, never playing. Yep. He's never playing again. Um, they lose their quarterback. Mm-hmm. They lose Quentin Williams. They lose C.J. Mosley. Uh, and they have a mi- miserable schedule coming. A miserable schedule. They're going to be 0-6 very, very potentially. Oh, yeah. Very potentially. I mean, tonight's a critical game for them, and they, they don't have their horses. No. No Sam Darnold. No C.J. Mosley. I've heard a lot of Jet fans say today, including their own Dana Martinez, that they're going to be C.J. Mosley even more so than Sam Darnold. Well, that's based on the fact that Buffalo didn't score a point when he was on the field, and then they scored the 17 when he was off the field. Can one linebacker make that much of a difference in that game, or was that kind of like a rallying cry and stuff like that? I mean, I I, I, I never saw. I didn't even think C.J. Mosley was. You know, we always right. thought Suggs was the better player on Baltimore, and 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 other people on Baltimore. We always thought he was a nice accessory, but we never looked at him as being um, J.J. Watt like a, a wrecking crew or Lawrence Taylor or, 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 or somebody that we had to double team or Von Miller. I mean, did you? No, certainly not. I, I mean, I, I, I think he's, you know, he's being overrated by their intangibles. And, you know, you, you hope that it, what's interesting is that Trevor Simeon has the exact same quarterback rating he has a better record in the NFL, the same exact rating as Sam Donald. Sure. It really isn't that much. I mean, I understand Donald has a much higher upside. He's, he's the fantasy. But is there that big of a drop-off today, tonight? That's what we're talking about all day long. Probably not. Just today. We're not talking about going forward. We're talking about the future We're not talking tonight. about potential. We're not talking about the, the dream. Obviously. We're not Obviously. talking about, about what you think. Obviously. So... So the NFL, I think Dallas is better, excellent team. I think they yeah. look really good. Philadelphia, good. you know, and that, that's one of the things is, is, is you look at these teams, you know, Dallas is in a nice shot, chance because they won two division games, but the other teams, you know, the Giants haven't played a home division game. You know, the season's not over other than they stink. <laughs> that's the issue. That's the issue. They're very bad. You, you know, you look at Green Bay's gotten off 2-0 and not looked very impressive doing it. Chicago, they beat two good teams, though, I think. Well, you think Chicago's good, or did everything go right for them? No, I think their defense is really good. Okay. Their defense is really good. They allowed Flacco to walk down the field and score yesterday and then get the two-point conversion. And and it seems like everybody hates Trubitsky. Yes. Do you? I don't know. I, I think he's athletic and makes plays when he has to. I don't think he's a very accurate thrower of the ball. I think he runs, again, escapability. He figured out a way to, to, to make the one play when he had to make it yesterday. Um, I think everyone's further down on him than, than what he deserves, to be perfectly honest. Right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just have very little confidence in him. He did drive the team down the field yesterday to win the game, ultimately. Eddie Pinheiro hits the 50-plus yarder. Matt Nagy and the Bears fans go nuts. I'm not sold on Mitchell Trubisky. What do you think all. of Matthew Stafford? I think he's on the wrong downside of his career, I'd say. I think we saw peak Stafford a few years ago. It's a tough year for him, given... But they, you know, they're 1-0-1, believe it or not. They tied Arizona. That's right. Undefeated. They have a big win for them, Matt Patricia. And Arizona, you know, besides the fact that the Cliff Kingsbury can't go for it, like no one... His offense, you, you know, they, they're fun with Kyla Murray, but, you know, somebody should teach him clock management and that, that touchdowns are worth seven points and field goals are worth three. Right. But Arizona's been in both games. Arizona was my lock of the day yesterday. I liked Arizona, too. That was the, the, my 13 favorite. 13 and a half points? My Way two favorite many. bets are Cleveland and Arizona. My two favorite were uh, Arizona and Indy. Indy how, also covered yesterday. How do you like the game tonight? Tonight? I don't really have a feel for it. I know Gabe is on the Jets. Because he doesn't think that, as we were just saying, Sam Donald's not all that special, essentially. You see, the thing is, though, I think Cleveland wants to go for the jugular, and if they score points, the Jets can't score points. That's true. 
We'll see how good their defense is. You know, I, I, I think that they can't. You know, the Jets aren't going to. If Cleveland puts up 35 points, I'm not surprised. I don't think the Jets cornerbacks can cover Beckham. You know, I, I, I've been saying all along that whoever wins the offseason doesn't win the regular season. Mm-hmm. Always. Okay? Always. Nick Chubb, Beckham, and Landry, I think it's just too much for the Jets to defend. And I just don't think the Jets are going to put up 21 points. I don't see how it's possible for them to do that with this quarterback, with this offense. I think Cleveland's just, I think Cleveland's too much. I think they outmatch them. I, if I had to pick and I don't want to, I think Cleveland covers. I do. So I'm going to move on to, to baseball. And, Go right ahead. You know, again, I think that, um, you know, Mets have had a fun season, probably to some extent came to an end last night. If you look at the New York Mets, are you optimistic in the future that you have Alonzo, McNeil, Conforto, J.D. Davis, yes. Amon Rosario? Yes. Or are you pessimistic because you had a year where your starting pitchers stayed healthy? You know, they really probably more so than any other baseball team, they've had their big pitchers stay healthy. You can look at it. They got a career year from Wilson Ramos offensively. They got a career year. From J.D. Davis. Who the hell was J.D. Davis? We have no idea if this was real or not. Alonzo and McNeil were better than anybody could have ever anticipated. I'd say Conforto had his Conforto years where certain sure. weeks he's the best player in baseball, certain weeks he can hit the side of a bond. Certainly. You know, you know because he's hit 30 home runs for three years. So I'd, I'd say that Conforto's pretty safe, and Rosario's moved ahead, and they're still not going to make the playoffs. Where, where do you come down on that? I think it was a... I think it was a good year for the Mets. They competed, are still competing through September. I think. And they've been fun. They're a likable team. They are. They've become likable. They've become likable. They've gone from an unlikable team, like, like right now, and this is what you hope Daniel Jones brings to the Giants. Giants are not a likable team. Oh, no. Okay? They've become, the Mets have become a really likable they've team. They've become fun. They've become fun because they went on this because they were so bad, so bad. And they turned it on, and the young players started performing really, really well. And if they had any relief pitching, they could, they could be making a run at anything. Correct. Now, I think it's a successful year, and I think next year should be even more successful because it's another year of these, some of these younger guys, and the pitching's all still going to be there. That's not changing. So I think that the immediate future is bright. The long-term future... Remains to be seen. Now, what I thought this weekend when you saw the Dodgers come in with a relatively hot, and I think actually the Mets have a decent lineup right now with Nemo, and you saw how they put Kershaw, Ryu, and Bueller, and you know each game was, besides the first one where the Dodgers pulled away, nip and tuck. I think this is where the Yankees, you know, the Yankees are talking about Tanaka. Uh, oh, we got Tanaka and Paxson, and then, you know, we're going to go by committee. First of all, I don't see Tanaka throwing seven shutout innings no. in the playoffs. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I know he has. I know he has risen. I, 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 I think he's due to revert to the mean because he has his games where the ball just flies out of the ballpark. Paxson, I think, has more talent. Mm-hmm. He didn't pitch well Saturday. I, I think that the Yankees are in trouble against Houston and the Dodgers. Of course they are. Of course they are. I don't know if there's any question about that, Doc. Well, I mean, you know, most people don't say that. And that's, that was my criticism of, of Brian Cashman, and I think you agreed with me. They're it's, pitching. No, they have pitching. They don't have horses. They don't have top horses at the top of the rotation. They don't have people that can match. You know, if Granke throws eight shutout innings against them, you know, they, they're going to they're gonna see Granky, Pole, and Verlander. And my, my guess is they're going to be playing golf with me. Well, let's hope that the Astros somehow get eliminated before they see the Yankees. How's that? <laughs> that may work. And, and Maybe the know, Twins somehow outslug them. It's Boomer, but I don't think that's happening. Probably not, no. I don't think the P- Twins are good enough to keep the Astros off the board. No, of course not. But I, I, a man can pray, Doc. But, I, I mean, I think that's what I saw with the, the Dodgers. 
And I think that one of the things that I think the Dodgers will do and the Astros will do is they will have their pitching well-rested going Definitely. into this playoffs. Definitely. Which I think is different than any other year that we've had. I mean, there's all of the... Baseball, I don't remember baseball being this top-heavy. Never. Never this top-heavy. Where there are just so many bad teams. I don't remember it being... And, and, and basically, okay, you know, you know, you're playing for one game home field advantage, but basically everybody's going to be able to rest their pitching coming in. Everybody, all the big teams will get an opportunity to set up their rotations right and be ready for the playoffs. As I look at the MLB standings uh, right now, the, I'll look at the overall, the best record in the league. The New York Yankees are tied with the Astros, both one game ahead of the Dodgers for the, record, uh, for the best record in Major League Baseball. But that has no bearing because the... Winner of the world of the All Star Game gets the no end. no they no, did no. that away they got rid of that they okay. got rid of that already so it does have a bearing still but it also has bearing because you avoid the Twins in the first round in the in the American League you think that's a big deal I do I do I think the Twins are significantly better than uh, whoever the wild card will be whoever the wild card winner will be as you look at the wild Cleveland, card Oakland Cleveland Oakland, Oakland Tampa. Tampa Bay right one of those three teams I'd much rather face them than face the Twins. Twins are good, Doc. They're very good. Twins can hit. but Really I know, well. I don't know who's really at the top of their rotation. They could hit. They could hit. I mean, I think that you're really looking at the Yankees. Houston. I, I, I'd be shocked if you're not. And I think in, in the NL, I think that, you know, Washington will have a... But don't you want to do the Yankees that home field advantage against Houston? Oh, the Yankees definitely need... Home field advantage. And they are tied right now with just a week or two left to play. Well, the Yankees are going to pitch Severino, I guess, tomorrow night. That's right. And they got Batances back. That's right. I mean, the Yankees are going to try to win with a lot of quality, but without the true stud on top. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Yesterday, uh, Yesterday's loss was very, very frustrating. You can't lose that game uh, to the Toronto Blue Jays. Can't uh, do it. At least Batances, listen, you got, you got two strikeouts out of Batances, which was nice. Uh, Jordan Montgomery pitched, which was nice. Who's the Dodgers competition in the NL? Nobody. The Nationals, maybe? The Braves? That's it to me. The Braves have a good lineup. Yeah, and a good pitching. The Braves have a, a very, very, very good lineup. I mean, and... So, I mean, the wild card game looks like it, it, it looks like either it's going to be Washington against either the Cubs or Milwaukee. Right. Good game. Does Joe Madden get fired at the end of this season? Well, my immediate impulse, if he does, was to hire him for, the, for, for New York. But I'm going to take a step back of where I just said is, A, the Mets have played hard for Callaway. They have. They bounced back. And... Whatever it is, I think he's tiddly D and tiddly dumb sometimes. But one is he's kept their pitchers healthy. And I have to give him some credit for that. He kept his pitches healthy in Cleveland. He's kept his pitches healthy in New York. And they weren't always healthy. I mean, we've, we've seen these great staffs dissipate very, very quickly. He's managed to get these guys a lot of work and keep them healthy relatively healthy for the last two years. I, I, I have to give him some credit for that. I think he deserves it. I don't know that he's back next year, though. I don't know that he's back. I think he's definitely back because I think the Mets look at this as an up year. And that may be a, a, a state on, of, on the Will Ponds that they're playing meaningful baseball in September and their pitchers have been healthy. Um, and, you know, I, I honestly thought that through the course of the year, he's probably become more of Brody's guy. Brody had every opportunity. I mean, we fired him here after the, they got June. swept by the Marlins. That's right. Okay, I fired him too. And if, if Brody's attitude was going to be that he's not my guy, that would have been the time where he said sayonara. So now after this second half, first of all, if you replace him, you basically have to go Girardi or a Madden or somebody up. Sosha. 
Okay. You have Just to, naming names. You have to go with somebody who has a resume. You can't hire the up and coming guy. Because that's what Mickey Calloway is. You can't hire was. Gabe Kaplan. No, God, no. Okay. You can't hire, you have to hire somebody who has a resume. Right. So I think the Mets fans, not, first of all, there's not going to be anybody picketing if, if they fire Mickey Calloway. No. But, I, I mean, honestly, I think he deserves another year. You don't, when you take a step because back. I think, I think every Met, the problem is, if and when things ultimately go wrong next year, and there'll be a slumps, no doubt, they're going to go off for his head then. They don't trust him. They don't believe in him. I know he held the team together this year. I know the second half of the year has been really, really fun for Met fans. And it has. But I don't think Mickey Calloway is the guy going forward. I don't. Okay. So you go out and get Girardi. Correct. That's exactly what I do. And he, he manages the bullpen very well, so Mickey Calloway has uh, Listen, I have out. no... Yeah. Uh, you know, I said that the, the Mets should go out and get Girardi. He's yeah. a New York guy. This is... You, you know, he only wants two jobs. The Mets... And the Cubs. Are the Cubs. And I thought he wanted the Cub job... But if you listen to his interviews now, he's singing the Mets' praises. Well, you know what? I think he also just likes, and we never talk about this part, he lives in New York. He lives here. He, he lives in Purchase. He doesn't move. He lives in Purchase. Sure. But he was born in, you know, he's a born Chicago, he's a Chicago and he, guy. And he went to Northwestern yes. as well. Oh, and listen, his kids are it. older and, and, and stuff like that. I get it. But, like, now you don't have to move. I don't know. I mean, but the, the Mets, will the Mets pay Girardi money? That's the big question. Can Brody convince him to pay Girardi money? And then can for any of these guys, for Madden, for Sosha, for Girardi, you have to pay. You can't get a buy with what you're paying Mickey Calloway, which is like seven fifty or eight fifty Peanuts. a year. Peanuts for managers. You know, because the Mets need an athletic outfielder. You, you know, they should keep Nemo because his value is going to be very, very low. But they still, on top of that, they need a right-handed. Athletic outfielder, and don't tell me it's going to be Cespedes. No. Okay? Cespedes, if you get anything from him, it's extra, and I, I think you can. And then they need to put tons of money in the bullpen. I think they, they should try to bring back Wheeler. How much? Market value. Which is what? I, mean, is it, I would it is, say Wheeler is going to get— Is he the top pitcher on the market other than Garrett Cole? I think Wheeler is going to get, you know, three, three years, $60 million. I think he signs for longer. I think he signs for four and eighty, probably. Did you do that? I think so. I mean, I think in today's market, you kind of have to. I mean, you're in for a dime, a in for, for a dollar. I mean, you, you know, listen, the Mets' window of opportunity is truly next year. That's it. Oh yeah. Oh it's yeah. Tru- it's truly next year. I mean, you know, you 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 go out and you have to figure out the ballpen. You have to pick, figure out the ballpen. You also... They tried. They, they had all these pieces. None of them worked. Your other option is to start Lugo. Right. Okay? Because for some reason, you know, this Lugo can pitch two days. I've never heard of that in a relief pitcher. But, again, they seem to know what they're doing. So maybe he is more fit to pitch on a regular schedule. He, he's a valuable asset. He, he, you know, last night, ex- except he had, he's had a wonderful year for them. Yes, he has. Um, I, I mean... I think that you can't come back with Familia and Diaz. I mean, you have no choice but to come back with Diaz and hope he figures it out. Obviously, because his value is too low to move. Right. So you have to hope that he comes back and mm-hmm. that this was just an anomaly that he's tipping his pitches or something. I, sure. have, I have no idea. Got to figure it out. Who wins the World Series? Dodgers. Good pick because you look at the National League being... That's right. Year. Correct. They got it. By, by the way, if they don't, it's a, it's a bad year. It is. World Series, two straight years. Gotta, you got to come away with a win at some point. Okay. Antonio Brown, what do you do with him? I think the Patriots have dug their grave here. Until, so, until, there is, until the NFL suspends him, they're not going to. What do you do if you're Roger Goodell? If I'm Roger Goodell, like, don't you have to kind of let the legal process play out? You don't have to I, do I, 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 You, you know, suspended Zeke Elliott despite no process playing out. You know, again, I think that it's a very, you know, we tend to cluster black hat, white hat, and we, there's so much coming out that most of us, even though we don't know him, don't think Antonio Brown is a great guy. Now, that probably should be kept out of it. But I think it's a very dangerous precedent if you suspend somebody and put him on the exempt list when there's not even a criminal investigation. 
because you know what happens. You, you, what happens like when Pat Mahomes is coming to uh, play a playoff game? Somebody can just allege something about him that's absolutely terrible. I mean, and I'm you know, and I'm not saying Pat Mahomes ever did anything, right? But but that if, if if there's not even a criminal complaint, how do you take that? To the next level. So she comes into the NFL and she says he did these bad things. How do you corroborate that? And if it was so bad, why was it three times? Why didn't you go file a police report? I know. Okay. I know. Okay. You know, I think it's a very dangerous precedent that anybody who makes an allegation, it would lead to a definitive an action that 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 hurts another person. So I think that we're willing to tolerate that because in our mind, we don't look at Antonio Brown as being a sympathetic figure, but that really shouldn't weigh into the debate. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's very hard. It's, it's very, very hard. This guy is not a good guy. Does he deserve not to play? I think that's the legal process that has to play out. With that, oh, with that, with, you're, you're, you're trying to do it tonight. That's <laughs> with that, we're gonna say good night for tonight. So let's do our final score on Monday Night Football. Okay, this is remember Howard Cosell. Back Howard Cosell, Monday Night Football. Absolutely, the, the, the dandy. We're, in, we're at the New York uh, MetLife Stadium. MetLife Stadium. Okay, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. You know, I miss him because you know what he did. Oh, it was great. Is I'd sit at home. He make everything sound like it was an event, and he was, you know, I, I I met him a bunch of times because my dad was in sports media. There was not a more cantankerous, dislikable human being, but on the air, and he wasn't a great commentator, but mm-hmm. he was able to frame things to make you feel like you were where all the action sure. was tonight. That Monday Night Football was bigger when Howard Cosell was involved. In it. Howard Howard Cosell was always. Uh, that voice brought out everybody, right? For everything, for every event he did was bigger because of him. Final score tonight, Doc. I think it's uh, Cleveland 35-14. 35-14. I will go with 27-13 Cleveland Browns. We both have the Both Browns on the Browns. Browns. He's Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sussman. Check out all of our other episodes on demand. All you got to do is search Doc Jock. Have a great night. Good, Good night. Jets. We'll see you tomorrow. Next time.